0: Revely Revely Dogs Look at us now tip to tip
1: This is our life this is our passion That's the spirit we bring to this show I'm Luke
0: Thomas I'm Brian Campbell This is Morning Combat Hey it's the 11th of January I don't know what that means except it's the 11th of January 2023 Hi everyone It is time for <laughs> excuse me Morning Combat I am merely one half of your hosting duo. My name is Luke Thomas. I join you from the capital of Estados Unidos right here in Washington, D.C., joined by the smirking, looks like an extra on the set of Peaky Blinders, or whatever the fuck that show is called. <laughs> uh, it's it's the BC with the CTE. What's up, Ryan Campbell?
1: Oh, yeah, Luke. So happy to be back at it here on this hump day, right? Because that's what we do. You know what I'm saying, Luke? This is what it's all about. What is your, what
0: is your very terrible shirt?
1: Uh, it's it's uh it's a uh, it's an old school wrestling uh zach zach rider shirt you know i still woo 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 you know it but that was pretty you know if you're on an initiated boy was that lame uh probably just as lame if you're initiated but luke have you been following the the mcmahon family drama of the last 24 hours i don't know, you know if it's, it's, it's
0: real i gotta tell you i'm actually pretty interested in this news i, I my understanding is this so vince got booted Cause he, you know, he uh, sexually harassed a bunch of people, or you know, paid a bunch of people to go away for sexual misconduct. Let's say he gets booted. His kids take over, and then like a couple of months later, he finds his way into the board of directors, puts himself in charge, changes bylaws, and then sells the company to the Saudis. And then his daughter quits. <laughs> Did I get that? I gotta tell you, that is like yeah. talking about not giving a fuck. Vince McMahon truly believes like scandal is merely a function of time wait till enough of it goes away, and I'm just going to be right back, right? Something like that? Yeah,
1: I mean, some of that got aggressively reported, and it doesn't seem to be fully true from the idea of, like, is a sale imminent, but the Saudi Arabian uh, government is a, a hefty suitor at the moment. But, yeah, it's like it's like Vince saying, you know, if, if we're going down, you know, I'm going to direct it right toward that ditch and do it my way. Um, I mean, I guess we could, you know— do you do you go like this to the captain for staying on the ship as it as it goes down, Luke, or he's trying to make it go down? You know what I mean, or maybe not. Yeah, like maybe how, he's,
0: how much maybe, of a how much of a number two in the industry is AEW? Like how big are they? Are they like I, Bellator plus PFL combined or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. They're not they're not quite looking eyeball to eyeball, but it's getting closer. From you know from what I hear. Obviously, I don't I don't watch the last couple of years. You know, anywhere I don't watch at all. But um, that's sort of the perception that I get. But damn it's like i mean he may this just may be like the maniacal power move to (laughs) take it private and sell it so he could be back in power creatively either way it's just it's weird man but that's that's the history of of uh of that family would you say shakespearean luke or more like um
0: reality tv more like the uh the did you watch that hbo show succession
1: uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I watched the first uh, season that, or that. I meant to change
0: my glasses. It's a little like that. It's a little it, like yeah, that. it
1: is. It is to a certain Anyway, degree. we'll talk
0: a little bit actually about that um, later on in the show as it relates. To, there is a bit of MMA overlap because there was some discussion that they were going to be bought out by WME. They're not, but um, something to think about uh, going forward. We have a lot to get to today. We are going to preview the UFC card this Saturday. We're going to preview the one card this Friday night. And we'll get to some other headlines. So thumbs up on the video. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe if you haven't yet. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, do leave us a nice review. Give us an old follow on the various socials there, including TikTok. TikTok is up there as well. You can give us a follow there. Um, Yeah, want to remind people of that. I don't have any merch on, but you can go to uh, morningcombat.store. You can get some merch there. Yeah. You can check that out, right? There you go. You got some merch there. You know, I'm, I, merch
1: is always lingering around my possessions, Luke, because that's nine tenths of the law. So if you want to join this side of it, get on over there. Luke, you know what I got for Christmas? Pizza slice chapstick. It's got like a pepperoni type vibe going on.
0: Dude, that is some serious. It's fat absurd.
1: Guy. Yeah, that's it's absurd. Shit. <laughs> I mean,
0: come, let's be serious here.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow all right you just you, you just tossed me into brendan Fraser territory Look, I mean, I'm just to saying, win an oscar listen, let for he right? who's
0: without sin cast the first stone okay fair enough but you know that's some fat guy behavior right there i got some <laughs> socks that smell like bacon well okay maybe maybe take it down a notch there point hey, i sure didn't what buy them all right that's my loving family so you know uh they may be sending you a fucking message with that good lord <laughs> hey dad's a fat guy who likes dumb shit right uh <laughs> it's anyway. pretty, pretty right pretty right. it's spot on so far you know a therapist thank you uh I, yeah. I gotta tell you my family's shit is not much different like what size is this motherfucker we they don't even have this here so that happens to me a lot uh all right want to remind you showtime.com is the label that page showtime.com 30-day free trial you like it you can keep it if not you can bounce and then first six months thereafter 3.99 a month i mean hey you can't get much better than that all the good stuff there on showtime including bc on showbox which is coming up very soon. Not this weekend, but the following, if I'm not mistaken. So,
1: Yeah, January 20th, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, Donks Unite. Be
0: there. All right? Boy, well, Showbox goes to some real... Oh, dude. They go, they, they go to the salt of the earth venues. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh,
1: dude, I just found out where we're going in February. It's not uh, public news yet, but it's, you know, middle somewhere in middle America. I'm ready, Luke. I'm ready to go on a barnstorming tour of this country to find out what it's really like behind the doors where they make all that sausage luke all right a lot, a lot County of County crows yeah
0: um and then last but not least i want to remind folks this is coming up like we were having daily discussions about this now i don't know when we're going to make the announcements for guests i'm hoping soon because we're getting them locked in but uh pod live.com we're going to london everyone if you're in london the london area come hang out with us february 8th when i say it's a once in a lifetime opportunity i'm not telling you like we're gonna like fulfill all of your hopes and dreams what it'll probably be the only time we ever go over there so this is it folks this is the chance come see us now or forever hold your peace right bc
1: yeah that's that's what it is you know i believe we have 500 seats that we were tasked with selling we're not quite there yet but but we're very proud of how far we are and as we said on uh Monday show jump on board now get them before they're gone because our aim is to sell that shit out all right it's like metallica after cutting their hair luke right It's like Bon Jovi when he went country, right? I mean, it's just a full-on sellout. Yeah, that's what we're going after. Dude,
0: Metallica did not get better when they cut their hair.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't. I mean, look at Samson historically. It doesn't usually go your way, right?
0: The problem is if you don't cut your hair and you just leave it like Dave Mustaine, you just end up looking like. You know, people people just can't tell if you're coming or going at that point. Yeah, you, you look like look Cody
1: like, McKenzie. You're like yeah. like a a grift a grifter. A, you know, my, one of my favorite. I mean, that that you know, you know what I'm going with that.
0: Grifter slash drifter slash dosser. You just look like a big dosser when you grow your hair out and you're 62. You know what I mean? You just got to oh, at yeah. that point, whatever. But all right, uh, neither here nor there. BC. Uh, oh, and then morningcombat at gmail Plus, we'll do fan subs today. I believe.
1: Yeah, reach so. out to Mikey. Say hi. All right, you know, what
0: say I'm- hi to Mikey. All right, BC, if you're ready to get this going, let's talk a little bit about this UFC card. This will be UFC Vegas 67, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night M of All Strickland. It's got some other naming conventions as well. Now, if you're just joining us and you met, or you were a heard Monday show, we had told you that the coming main event was going to be Kelvin Gastelum taking on uh <coughs> And it turns out that's not the case. Uh, Sean Strickland is filling in, even though he just fought the last card, of 2022 against Jared Cannonier because Gastelum is out. I believe we have some tweet to this effect. Gastelum had a tooth issue where he had to get it. I, can you? Well, this is the Connor thing about it. BC, you want to set this up for us because I know this is a passionate issue for you.
1: Well, what mouth sores? Not so much. But it was tough to see Gastelum who showed this picture to, to prove what happened to him. But then you see the quote tweet on Instagram, however you say it, from Connor who said absolute scruff this thing is that's full-on staph infection all over his effing face a full effing hole omg and it's his second time to enter uh to attempt to enter competition like this what the f clean your mats wash yourself blah 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 go to the doctor uh luke um unfortunate because this was a big this was a big test for castellum it wasn't winner go home it might have been how did you know what's the best way to not go home, Luke? Not fight, I guess. No, no, seriously, it's a tough turn. He would have fought if he could. You know, of course he came out publicly and said, like, man, I was in, you know, the, the best camp of my life. But he basically said it, Luke, that he would, you know, no stone left unturned. He was all in. So to see him have to step aside, even with Connor dunking on him. What's Connor looking for? People coming like people on rough times that he might be able to fight, Luke? Or is he just a general troll right here?
0: Probably just being a general troll, although I did see some other pictures, some other fight camps where Gastelum had some matte cleanliness issues, or I should say, appeared to have some matte cleanliness issues. Uh, not great. Not great. It's a I dirty understand. sport,
1: Luke. It's a dirty-ass sport or in more than one way.
0: MMA doesn't care about COVID, but they do care about MRSA. Definitely care about MRSA. And by the way, MRSA is serious. Like You, you can absolutely wreck you, kill you. Um, it. I think it permanently changed King Mo's career because he had a very severe bout with it so I'm not saying I said anything to to look look past I'm making a stupid joke but nevertheless it can be quite serious and uh, so folks they do take it seriously um, but in any case now it's Nasruddin Imovov who is a minus 115 to Sean Strickland's minus 105 BC is this a is this change in opponent for Imovov is it good for him is it bad for him in terms of in your view, stylistic matchups. I think it's potentially a harder fight for him, it's but I don't think
1: it's, fight. yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, and I I always reserve the right that Gaslam going to, you know, go back into like a B plus a minus mode and just, you know, fight for his life there to keep the job. But I think it's in him still, but this matchup still a hell of a good one. I think when you look at it, is it, is it a harder fight for him? Involved? Yes. I think it also potentially is, you know, is worth more obviously from the standpoint of, of how quickly he could move up with a win here. But how about, you know, UFC giving Sean Strickland a chance to like go all in, double down, whatever poker analogy you want here. The two straight losses were against super elite competition, you know, lost by split decision to Canada near, and a big one that was him going right back to the well to try to stay in this title picture. This is the best way to just reverse recent history and get right back in a big spot. It's not an easy fight. Um, I'm I'm very curious to hear what the what the initial odds were, Luke, after this was announced, but you know Strickland who fought well against Cannonier really just you know was unable to make the right adjustments to get a clear win there uh he's got a chance Luke to be right back in there you know the UFC loves to reward this type of behavior and activity so um it's a good move for Strickland it really is but you know does this change that that Emovov's the guy coming up making moves you know he he's the hot quotient of the moment here Luke um I'm looking forward to see you know who shows up here and, and what kind of fight we get
0: yeah I, by the way speaking of who's not listening i did read the odds to you when i told you who the fight was it's a minus 115 for Imavov, 105 for strickland so basically a pick them you said that in english
1: and i missed it luke
0: yeah, i did i did say it in the king's english all right. You believe it all right fair play okay. yeah uh but here's the point in, in 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 thinking about this fight i actually think it's a much harder fight and it's a much more stylistically bad fight for Imavov personally Right for a couple of reasons. If you look at the way he's got two finishes in the UFC, I believe both of them came on the ground. Now, he is much more a striker than a ground specialist, but like in the Ian Heinish fight, he can go for takedowns off of like someone else's failed takedown. In the Shabazzian fight, he was able to use guillotines and other stuff to reverse position or get on top or whatever he needed to do. It was He was pretty clever with it. So it's not like he can't play the dozens, so to speak, On the ground, but he's just much more of a striker. But there's two things that really give you some pause. Number one, not great about checking leg kicks. Not great. Kind of lets people get away with it. Got Buckley lost the fight, but Buckley got away with it. Even to a degree, heinish got away with it. Guys kind of get away with it a little bit with him. He he doesn't make a big effort at checking against a guy like Sean Strickland, where that thing is probing constantly and it's active constantly, and it sets up other uh, portions of his offense. That doesn't, that doesn't seem like a great setup necessarily for Imovov. The other part is, you know, we saw this in many of his fights. Sean Strickland is hard to hit clean. Now, you're like, oh, well, what Pereira did it. Yes, Pereira did it. But, like, other guys have had three, or even, even Kandoneer, five rounds, and they just have a really hard time getting to him. A guy like Imovov does bring the fight to his opponent. That part is real, and if you can get Strickland backed up against the fence, BC, hey, anything's possible because he is very, very, very gifted, um, and and aggressive in those spots. But for a guy who's hard to hit, who's hard to back up, who might be active with the leg kicks, uh, it just seems like that's going to be a bit of an uphill climb. Plus, if he gassed in the Buckley fight, and this is going to be, ai I don't know if it's going to be three or five rounds, but assuming it's going to be five rounds, um, <clears throat> that also goes in Strickland's favor.
1: So it's a yeah, tough I mean, fight. I, I, the short turnaround. I have no fear from the way Strickland is wired. Or, you know, barring any potential injury here, that this doesn't—this be- may benefit him altogether, Luke, because he's fresh. He's he's just gone the five-round distance in a fight that you know he felt like he had an argument in and, and fought well. So, yeah, very tough fight, but it does raise the stakes too for off So I want to look. I want to see if he is that good. That's the key part of it. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see who can bring this fight to the ground or if it does go there, Luke. Here's the other part,
0: too. Strickland's got got very good takedown defense, right? He's probably not going to go for it there. Um, And I just got to say, too, like with Strickland, that's the kind of guy the UFC really wants. In many ways, Strickland is, you know, I don't know about ideal UFC fighter, but he's very good. Now, he's not the most exciting. I think that's also fair to say, but he's very talented. He's highly ranked, and he can go the distance. He makes weight. And more importantly, he'll just say yes pretty quickly. Now, this obviously is a bit of a different circumstance because he. I think if you looked at what he put on social media after his loss to Cannoneer, it looked like he had a very bad taste in his mouth r- with regards to the judging or just feeling like something got away from him when it shouldn't have. So he looks like he wants to get one back right away, which, by the way, is not advisable either. Like, in Imavov's favor, if Strictly is getting this back just to right a perceived wrong and he's doing it too quickly, that will blow up, or at least the, the chance of that blowing up in his face Goes up, but in general, what they want are fighters who make sure that they can be good and then they're ready and they can make weight. But more importantly, that when the trains leave the station, they're they are part of that process, that they don't get in the way of it. They facilitate it. So to get a ranked guy on very last minute notice for Imavov, however you may like his style or not and his readiness, the UFC loves that kind of a thing. He's doing himself some favors here with the with the brass. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah, no no question about it. Look, I feel like you you were very quick there to label Sean Strickland as a as an unexciting fighter. I I think that's slowly changing or or maybe it's just my entertainment palette. Now, look, the character Sean Strickland I think is largely cringe and sometimes deplorable and I I get that's the purpose of it. It's not like I I don't see the angles, but you know, I could do without a lot of the stuff he says into a microphone, but you know, <clears throat> I feel like it is a constant persistent High volume striking style. He's constantly moving forward. Um, it, it can be situational. He doesn't need the right opponent to bring that out of him to a certain degree. But did you? Did you? Were you not entertained against Air? I guess is my question.
0: No, I was not. I didn't think it was a bad fight, but was I entertained? No, I was not entertained. I did. I did not find it entertaining. Okay. Um, right. But that doesn't mean I don't think it's high level. That doesn't mean I don't have respect for their abilities. I mean, there's lots of ways to enjoy a fight. Sometimes you just want to see. The chess of it all and in that sense there is something to take from it but like was it fun no it was not fun at all i did not have fun watching that contest
1: okay i mean i'm not i'm not looking for you to you know to to pitch a 10 here luke but I, I i you know there was there's a middle ground i think where you could lie in where you know there was a two highly skilled guys in a very important fight and they were yes you know fighting with edge and purpose and you know it's a little manly in there luke so maybe that doesn't move you but that's fine luke different strokes right
0: I, again, it's. I think you can have respect for their abilities and the accomplishments that brought them to, to that moment. And then, listen, you don't want to fuck up against Cannoneer. He has blinding power. And against a guy like Sean Strickland, if you let him start working in rhythm, it will be a problem for you. It takes high-level ability to negate or get around that in the case of either Kananir or Strickland. And I, I have genuine respect for that. I mean that very sincerely. Like That is a very, very difficult thing to do. But if we're going to start ascribing entertainment value to it, I can separate, or at least it doesn't, there isn't always complete overlap between the respect I can confer on someone or some event and uh, have it be that's a word that's synonymous for its entertainment value. There was not much entertainment value to it. There was a lot of uh, high level ability being showcased and i think it's okay to say we can separate the two although i do sometimes grant you'll do you will get entertaining with high level and then people will still knock it down a peg and say it was it wasn't entertaining i think this is a level below that in terms of its entertainment quotient it was very low for me
1: thank you for that very detailed response luke i've come to know yeah. you at an even deeper level than i <laughs> than i did setting that up wow all right uh, uh no BC, I, uh, yeah ahead. whatever luke but uh when you when you look at at uh I mean, what area do you think Imovov has the potential to wow you the most in? Because he's got to raise his game in this fight, and I'm not asking you to break down how he wins it necessarily, but... The clinch? The clinch? Okay.
0: He, uh, he does a lot of his work in the clinch. Um, he obviously does a lot of it on the outside, but the outside is where I think Strickland's going to have... On the outside is where Strickland will give him, in all likelihood, the most amount of problems, because that's where Strickland does a lot of his best work as well. In the clinch, and by the way, again, Strickland has good takedown defense. He's got good defense, I think, in those positions. More generally, um, I think it would be interesting to see if, to what extent, Imovov can back him up and then fire knees in close range, do something in that really tight space to mix it all up um, to keep a guy like Sean Strickland off balance. Also, I think if you saw Strickland really getting his back up against the fence continuously. That would be a really good sign for him So it's going to be a big test, I also think, um, of Strickland's footwork, right? And his ability to capture center, ring general, you know, they call it ring, but in this case, cage generalship, that kind of a thing. It's, It's a big test for Sean Strickland. It's not easy. It just seems like he's got exactly the kind of style built for five rounds, assuming it goes that long, to negate. Like, he just he's very good at being a bomb diffuser. Not against the very best guy, right? Not against the champion. Fair enough. But against everyone sub level to that, he's very good at unplugging all the things that make their offense work, especially in the stand up department. You might see some evidence of that unless he's backed up and forced into close range. I think. So there you yeah, go.
1: Yeah, looking forward to this one. Uh, this is at the apex, and yep. um, I know we have more topics related to Dana, but just all I want is a yes or no. Does does Dana show up to this card?
0: Yes, I think okay. he does. I think, I think he's trying to make a show that, like... Um, Nothing, nothing's going yeah, like to ta- stop him. Yeah, like Tachi Palace 2.0. Like, I'm yeah. going to ignore everything and just do what I want, you know. Uh, all right, in your main event, Dan Ige, we talked about this previously, Dan Ige taking on Damon Jackson. Dan Ige, a guy who tasted the top and had some tough setbacks, but still very good against a guy like Damon Jackson, who was kind of an afterthought, who has just flatly reasserted himself. Dan Ige, BC, a minus 125 favorite, Damon Jackson... Just plus 105. Very, very close odds. The odds makers, it seems like slightly leaning towards Ige. I think he has fought and defeated better guys. BC, your level of interest in this contest, and two, any <clears throat> particular way you think they, these two are sized up?
1: Yeah, look, my interest is big. This is going to be action fight. Dan Ige typically makes that happen, but you mentioned that that streak that Damon Jackson is on, four straight since the uh, the, the first-round uh, knockout loss uh, via single punch to Ilya Tuporia, and, you know, he's stopping people. We saw the Pat Sabatini finish. Look, him as a plus money right now, I like it. I like hot fighters in the moment sometimes, guys that are that riding a riding a good feel of momentum or are willing to go after it. And I think Ige is always going to be a tough out. But I do feel like he peaked within that initial launch in 2020 when you know, there were some op- opportunists who were able to keep fighting regularly and take big chances and come after it. I think he made some big moves and you saw some really good performances against big names, but I always question at his size with that style, with not being necessarily a consistent finisher, can that continue to level up? Uh, in that regard, I think this is a great opportunity for Damon Jackson to surprise a lot of us and, and show us that uh, he might be even better than we think.
0: Yeah, I mean, for, for just as a recap, like how we got here with Dan Ige, So since losing to Julio Arce back in 2018, he went on a one, two, three, four, five, six fight winning streak that culminated with a win over Edson Barboza, fought Calvin Cater, didn't go his way, went the distance, wasn't a huge like ass kicking, but he was outclassed, rebounded with a vicious stoppage of Gavin Tucker. But then BC, he got to like the deeper end of the division again, loses to Chan Sung Jung via decision, loses to Josh Emmett via decision. That's a tough fight. And then loses to Movsar, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, Evloev the guy who's an absolute effing hammer. So in all of these cases, it's like, dude, he was fighting the very top tier, or pretty close to it. Obviously, Volkanovski would be the very top tier, but something approximating it. And he's hard to finish. Like They couldn't put him away, right? Neither Cater, nor Jung, nor Emmett, nor um, Evloev, but nevertheless found himself wanting BC. Damon Jackson, a guy who's been kind of all over the place a little bit, was in the PFL for a time, and LFA. Here he is. Uh, Of course, he had fought in UFC previously, returns to UFC at a later joint in his career. Now, he did get dusted off by Ilya Taporia in 2020, but we know, like, okay, what does that mean? Ilya Taporia is a fucking hammer. Since then, beats Charles Rosa, uh, Kamuela Kirk, Daniel Argetta, and then his biggest win, in my judgment, which he got inside of a round against Pat Sabatini. That's a very nice win, which he got via ground and pound. So he is really a different fighter this time than he was the last time, I think it's fair to say.
1: Yeah and look I mean I, I don't like the trend that Ige's going down where it looks like he's a really tough out to anybody who's very good or on their way to becoming it but you know there there seems to be a ceiling without without being a consistent finishing threat Luke that to get over the top against some of these guys he still may have the savviness and in, in the certain want and hunger this time around because he needs this win so you know that may that may lift him to another level I do expect this fight to be close but man big opportunity for Jackson to come to come, you know, to come remind people, right? Luke, to come make new fans.
0: Yeah, and by the way, here. this is, this is, uh, yeah, come original. Uh, yeah, for, that's for everything Dam- we do. We've got to, yeah. Yeah, for Damon Jackson, he has a slightly negative striking differential. Uh, he lands 2.65 per minute, absorbs 2.83, so it is negative, but just barely. Um, but defense, not 50%. That's, I guess that's okay. Accuracy, 41%. Ege is slightly positive in his differential striking, 3.8 to minus, to 3.56. The big one that's going to get really tested, BC, and this is the part where it gets interesting for Damon Jackson, he averages per 15 minutes 2.62 takedowns, so almost one around. Not quite, but almost one around. Takedown accuracy is low, but that's a misleading stat. Takedown defense, 42%, so he can be taken down. Uh, goes for submissions constantly, 2.1. Here's the thing. The takedown defense for Dan Ige is 51%. Now, it's 51% against guys who we know to this point to be better than damon jackson but damon jackson's relentlessness with it how many he goes for might be the difference maker and the thing is this dan ige is hard to hurt and hard to finish on the ground all those guys i mentioned evloev loev cater none of those guys a uh, korean zombie josh emmett none of them could do it because he is a black belt on there and he can keep himself safe underneath even if he's not necessarily a threat from guard i think that's going to be where the fight is won or lost how often is Jackson able to get the takedown? How much time is spent with Ige defending the takedown? And if he gets the takedown, that is Damon Jackson, to what extent is Ige fighting him from guard? That's something you've seen. Whereas, look, don't get me wrong. Ige doesn't have a bad guard, not by any stretch of the imagination. But it's hard to submit a very good fighter off of your back in modern MMA if they have taken you down. They're not hurt or anything. They're kind of fresh, and you're just working from underneath. It's just a low-percentage way to fight someone no matter how good you are. So that, to me, is going to be the central tension in that fight. That's what I'm looking for. But if it stays on the feet, Dan Ige should win this one. I
1: mean, he's, he's look, he's got the certain intangibles jacked up high. That, you know, He goes after it. He's going to max out his potential within a fight to have a chance to win it. I think that sometimes when, it's, when it is a back and forth and becomes a war, that's where he thrives. So let's see if Jackson can swim on this level. Let's do that. Luke, you showed some love to the idea of what this Ketlin Vieira-Raquel Pennington fight means to the Bantamweight Division. Two big names here. And I think I wanted to poo-poo that in the moment. Is Raquel Pennington on the sneakiest four-fight win streak that anyone's been on in a while, Luke? Because you look at the potential stakes of this fight with Ketlin Vieira bouncing back with two big wins over Misha Tate and Holly Holm in a close decision. But still, I mean, is this like a number 1 contender bout in this
0: division, which is so thin all the time? Dude, her resurgence is incredible, and I'm so glad you pointed that out because it's been hard fought. And I to, to your point, is it the sneakiest winning streak right now happening in UFC among any kind of ranked fighter? The answer has to be yes. Remember something. We're not even talking about outside the cage injuries. Remember, she had like a really, really terrible bout with COVID, and she had that, that I think it was the the skiing or the snowboarding or the the ATV accident that completely messed her up. Like there's all of that stuff. Put that just to the side for a moment. She had a great win streak where she beat, by the way, she beat Jessica Andrade, Bech Corhea, and Misha Tate in three or four fights. Then she gets the title shot against Amanda Nunez, and that was the one where she wanted out, and her coach made her continue, and then she got beat up for it, which was not great. She followed it up with a loss to durand She came back and beat Irene Aldana somewhat controversially, then loses to Holly Holm. And you thought, okay, well, at this point, she might just be damaged goods. Like, I mean, that's, you know, all the injuries, then to lose to Amanda Nunez in that terrible way, you know, that that is what it is. And then she mounts an effing comeback. By the way, she was 10 and 8 heading into the Marion Renault fight. Then she beats her. She beats Penny Keonzod, who's a very talented fighter, vastly improved over who she used to be. Then she beats Macy... Ch- I, I always fuck this name up. Chase J- jason Chason? Chason, I think. I Chason, however the fuck you say. I, I always fuck it up. I'm so sorry. And then she finished it up in her most l- recent one over Aspen Lab. Dude, that is... You know, especially, like, two of those three, the middle two, the Keon Zod fight and then the the, the Chasson fight, whatever. Um, amazing, amazing what she's been able to do. So, yeah, man, like, Ketlin Vieira has her issues, right? We saw her get stopped against uh, Kunitskaya. We saw her get stopped against Aldana. But since then, she's beaten Tate and Holm to, like, boost her name again. This is yeah. a great fight, one of the better ones on this card. I think for Ketlin Vieira, it's, it's you win
1: you you get a title shot i mean she the, what what does amanda nunes need now uh fresh fresh you know opponents that she hasn't fought yet so that'd be a three-fight win streak right there against former champions or or key multi-time title contenders there
0: so uh man
1: good stakes there should be a should be a striking match at the very least luke right
0: yeah uh yeah that's the thing to me it's uh where's this one going to be um, probably striking at range. Uh, I do th- expect, you know, it's funny. They put this picture up right here. You see these two clinching. I'm expecting a lot of clinching. I think that yeah. dirty box clinching position, the kind of wall ground and pound, so to speak. Um, I think that's really where, uh, someone like, uh, Pennington thrives, but also Ketlin Vieira is pretty good there as well. I think just Ketlin's going to want to avoid certain grapp excuse me, Pennington's going to uh, want to avoid certain grappling situations. But this is a very closely contested one. And by the way, speaking of the rankings, Kitlin Vieira at bantamweight, as we speak today, sitting at two. Pennington has boosted her career back to five. So this is, um, you know, we're talking like potential title shot possibilities here, especially if you're Kitlin v- uh, Vieira. Because number one is Juliana Pena; they may not go that direction anyway. Right. So right. So this is a this is kind of a big deal between. It's a big fight for either. It's an especially big fight for Vieira.
1: Look at those odds, though, Luke. They're giving Raquel Pennington a lot of respect in Vegas at plus one hundred, Vieta minus one twenty. I think this is the time to go big on Ketlin here. I mean, this is Zoo. a fight that that she should win. Not not you know, notwithstanding the recent run by Pennington. Yes, who's a hard out, who is is tough as nails, and and is you know won some key fights there to get to this point. No question. But I think Ketlin at this at this moment is the better fighter who has the potential to to, to really make the leap directly to the title with a win here. Um, she's going to have to be more dynamic than usual here, Luke. But I think she's got the brighter potential in that category, so I like her as almost as only excuse me a, a small favorite. Let's go here, you know.
0: Yeah, and I understand that, and I think I would say Vieira has more ways to win. I think that's fair. Um, but man, if if there is someone who can just persevere uh and long term too right not just in those moments yes yeah, she had the difficult moment between the fourth and fifth rounds in the amanda nunez fight but like in terms of just stealing her mind for the long-term journey of difficulty fucking raquel pennington is a hammer dude she's an amazing hammer so I'm she does really need to be that one
1: to be successful she needs to be a physical threat the whole fight though you know what i mean and she needs Agreed. to be leaning clinching as you said and but if you can keep her at length which isn't easy you know, you, can, you can't control her. So we'll see what happens here, Luke. But interesting odds. And, um, you know, I probably had a great point that I was... Oh, oh I was going to say, you can listen to more on my new um, spinoff podcast, uh, Parlays and Punanis, with um, James Krause and BC. <laughs> Coming soon to uh, OnlyPipe's Patreon uh, account. Yes, a, platform, a Patreon platform near you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, we're, you can listen to uh, parts of it by donating to Luke's Super Chat.
0: All right, thank you. Yeah, Very I good. mean, you can make a great joke to, like, salvage the bad one you made that probably is going to lose us all over. I think it was the other way around, Luke. Yeah, yeah,
1: thank you.
0: Uh, <coughs> oh. I was going to say, BC, the biggest favorite on the card, no surprise, right? No surprise. Umar Nurmagomedov taking on Haoni, or Haoni Barcellos. Uh, Umar Nurmagomedov a minus 750. BC, this guy can do it all. I mean, I, I don't know about the striking just yet, but on the ground, uh, his control, his ability to switch between and chain takedowns together his ground-to-pound, his sub-threat, his his positional dominance, um, his his work rate, he has everything he needs to win this bout and more. Any any doubts about that? Am I missing something, perhaps? Well, I wanted to see
1: how extreme this movement goes right now. There are truthers out there, shout-out to them, who have said from day one, like, I love me some Mahachev, and oh, shit, Usman Nurmagomedov is something wild. And, you know, a lot of the people on the periphery of the greater... Um, Habib family extension through Dagestan. I mean, there's some great ones that are all competing, but Umar's the best of all of them. Look, you do hear that from people,
0: right? I mean, that's a thing out there right now. You do. You do hear that from people. Uh, I don't know how true that is. I haven't Uh, seen it
1: yet. I've seen a lot to be impressed with. I've seen a lot, but I haven't seen that thing that can give those people that level of confidence yet. But as he continues to climb the ladder here, um, He's got what he's got. Chances to show us. I mean, if you're Hani Barcelos, what are you doing here, Luke? Coming out guns blazing, or is that the worst possible idea?
0: Uh, I, I mean, it's the the question is like not what is the best strategy. The question is what is the best strategy you could come up with given your existing skill set. And I'm just really not sure what Barcelos could do given his existing skill set to f- at to if necessary keep Nurmagomedov off of him for three rounds. Like, I just don't know right. You have to. You can't build in. Oh, I'm going to KO him by the seventh minute. That doesn't. It doesn't work that way, right? You have to. Have, you have to build a strategy that goes. What if it goes the full fifteen? And I don't. I just don't know what that would be. Candidly, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he he's a good striker. Nurmagomedov makes a mistake. He could eat one. Fine. Fair enough. That's a real thing that has to be taken into consideration. But we're talking about a guy who's very carefully selects his offense, but can do that pretty quickly. Like he just makes very good decisions very quickly. And his overall grappling and wrestling game is very comprehensively good. Barcelos is uh peck a lunch. He's gonna need to peck a lunch. <laughs> um, yeah, it's gonna be a tough one.
1: I think they used to say about the Jackson five, Luke, that Tito was like the, the glue, the unsung hero. You know what I mean? I thought that was Michael. Oh, the unsung hero.
0: <laughs> Michael um, was a star, maybe.
1: okay. Um yeah. Yeah, uh, dude, I want to see. I want to see him continue to rise. Let's see what he's got here, Umar Nurmagomedov. This, uh, I mean, dude, he's he can do it all, Luke. I mean, would you say he's more of a submission threat than he is a, a striking threat at this point, or is it pretty well-rounded? Uh, in your eyes? To
0: this point, I don't. I don't think he's shown quite the standing versatility as Usman has.
1: Yeah, I'll that's part there. of why I'm like hesitating here. I mean, Islam Magomedov's pretty great too, Luke, in terms of the comparisons and the overall extended family here. But uh, uh, hey, did you see other- after we talked about um, Habib on Monday, Luke, that the news was softened to a certain degree that he's not retiring from coaching, but he is going to take an extended
0: break? Yeah. I, I, none of these guys can ever fully stay away. You know, they yeah. can never fully stay away. But um, <laughs> so you're saying guess,
1: it's the same news. Yeah,
0: I guess it's the same news. In the sort end. of okay. the same news. Yeah. Uh, BC, last but not least for me on this card, Javid Basharat, I mentioned the one I was really putting my eye on on Monday's show. Taking on Mateus Mendoza, they've got Basharat as a substantial favorite. I think it's a little high. They have him at minus 345 to Mendoza's plus 285. I do recognize that Basharat is the more well-rounded of the two, but as I mentioned, in their 20s, undefeated, two guys who are very much um, you know, high-level prospects, clashing. It just feels to me that Basharat has way more ways to win this, and I suspect that you'll probably see that play out, but Mendoza is not to be fucked with, to be quite clear.
1: Luke, little, 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 minor, super sloppy special alert feels out to the opener at Women's Flyweight, Priscilla Cachoeira and um, Sarge Eubanks. Uh, you, look, both could, you know, is on a two-fight two win streak, but both could use some big momentum here. Uh, I think we see a nice little war, okay? So be on the lookout. If you're going to tune in early, Luke, I think you're going to see something fun.
0: Priscilla Cachoeira is sitting at 12 and 4. Man, Valentina Shevchenko fucked her up. Then she lost to Molly McCann and then Luana Carolina. She, she fights crazy, Luke. She, she fights crazy. Yeah. She does uh, fight that's crazy. That's an okay. interesting one. I, yeah. The, the Sarge Eubank one is interesting, too, because she was a really decorated jujitsu competitor, and I just don't know if we've really seen her jujitsu fully. It, obviously, she's had some good moments with it, but... I thought it'd be more of a calling card for her. And just it hasn't quite translated as fully. Plus, she's seven and seven. So big. And she's lost three of her last four. So this is a big one. Would you say that the
1: being forced to move? uh, No, she came down from Bantamweight, actually, right? Down to flyweight? Uh, I think that's right. I have to double
0: check. But I I mean, she did flight. She, yeah, she had some nice wins early on. Like she beat Lauren Murphy and then Roxanne Modaferi. Like she started off pretty great. Um, but has had, and I think she's had some injuries and some time off and, some, and a bunch of bouts canceled and all kinds of whatnot. But now this is a big, important fight for her, no doubt about it. They're, it's opening the card, to your point, but it's major, major stakes for their for the individual careers. Um, all right, BC, let's talk about topic number two here, which is the one on Prime Video 6 event that this Friday. Um, quite an interesting event, uh, to, be, to put it mildly. Let me put up the uh, the details here. So this is going to be, obviously, on Amazon Prime, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber. It'll be at the Impact Arena in Bangkok, Thailand. Now, here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get up here and pretend to have information that I have um, and just pass off expertise that I know I don't have. Of all of the composite sports within MMA, kickboxing has been just a pretty big weakness for me. I think, BC, you would say that as well. The grappling sports, I know a lot more about. Certainly, we we pay a lot of attention to boxing on this this, uh, show, excuse me. Kickboxing is just a bit of a weakness for us. But BC, here's something I wanted to point out. I've been doing a little bit of research about this bout. Um, this is, this is to me, we, we, we talk about the one situation all the time. The main event is Superbon taken on, I believe it's pronounced Shingiz Alazov. BC, did you realize this? Because this was something that did not occur to me. This will be a um, pro kickboxing event, not MMA or Muay Thai. Superbon versus Alazov is literally, by most people's standards, the number one pound-for-pound pound versus number two pound-for-pound pound fighters in the sport going at it. And oh, by the nice. way, uh, Alazov had to win uh, uh, or had to do really well in, in a Grand Prix to get to this point. He, by the way, he beat Siddichai, who's another monstrously celebrated uh, name in Muay Thai and now kickboxing at this point. But dude, I want you to understand that. One is putting on basically, some, and by the way, it's at 155. This is more or less something like the equivalent of Volkanovsky versus. I mean, Volkanovski is coming up in weight class, so it gets a little bit different. But you know, right. they're talking about number one versus number two guys in the sport. That's what this is. That's fucking impressive that they're putting this on. I have to say, Dude, their model and obviously
1: they they're part of the major thing that differentiates them from their competitors is is right here that it's not just MMA and it's mixed in with their MMA promotion. It's it's kickboxing, it's whatever, it's Muay Thai. But dude, they take chances to create big stakes in the main events. And I, I and I think because of that, I've grown to trust one from the standpoint of when it, when a main event is announced, separate from, is this the right type of main event on Amazon Prime to hook in American fans? They've got some of those too, but sometimes you go, okay, I don't know who these two are, but I respect that this is probably pretty important. I mean, look, it's like, there's a lot of champion versus champion fights across all the divisions and disciplines here in one. So you do get a chance to make big noise if you can, you know, get hot and you're willing to to fight in different divisions and take big chances. And it's not easy to keep that streak going. I mean, that RDR fight just, just the last time out against Malekin was a big reminder of that. But um, damn, dude. Okay, I'm ready. That You gave me a reason to tune in, right?
0: Yeah, so my understanding is and I've seen some of their fights but I couldn't tell you like great. I couldn't get like the breakdowns we can do in MMA. I'm not really capable of doing that right now in kickboxing, but um Alazov the tape is pretty clear. Uh he will obviously uh, obviously he's a kickboxer so he will use kicks, but he's heavy on the hands. Um by kickboxing standards, he'll he'll mix the two together, but he really is sort of a come forward force. Um that is quite remarkable in that way. It uh, throws a lot of winding punches from different angles. But your your boy, Superbon, here, who's number one in pound-for-pound rankings by most people, um, much more of a distance kicker. So there's really going to be who can define the terms of the fight. It's going to be for, I think it's uh, five three-minute rounds, and it's for the 155-1 belt in kickboxing. So huge, huge fight for them. Really important one. Your co-main event, BC, for the one vacant bantamweight championship in kickboxing. Super taking on a guy out of Spain named Daniel Puertas. Um, every preview and or review I have, or, uh, you know, assessment of this I've read is that super Luck is going to beat the fuck out of this guy. So <laughs> I don't know how much there is to say in that regard. Um, Mikey Musumechi taking on Bayan Gantumer. He's going to demolish him. Anytime you see these grappling events and it's like, how would a guy from ADCC do against, you know, a wrestler from this dis- or this part of the world or, you know, a Sambo guy from this part of the world, it's like, yeah, the ADCC guy would fuck him up is basically the answer. Like, there would be no good reason why this guy would win, even with a weight advantage. Um, so the question is not <clears throat> merely that Musumechi will win, but how is really the question there? Look, and
1: can, then, w- When can I induct you into the uh, Stamp Fairtracks hype train and, and, and join the bandwagon with me? She makes spectacularly fun fights. She's like a rock
0: star. So let's talk about this. She's on this card in a custom rules bout, five three-minute rounds against Anissa Mexen, I believe, out of France. This is a custom rules bout, so I think they're going back and forth between kickboxing and MMA, kind of like that DJ Rod Tang fight. Correct. I, I'm not sure exactly which direction it's going, uh, but that's sort of what's on the play. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm up for it. Like, she's a great fighter, uh, fun. Um, everyone in the kickboxing world tells me this will be a, like they'll uh, be action oriented. So I'm I'm not as in on it as you are, but but for sure I'm in on it.
1: I got introduced to to her star, Luke, and uh, somebody who understands the spotlight and how to how to try to you know fill that and become her best. Uh, you see in these pictures, she did lose in in challenging for Angela Lee's belt in in a wild fight, but that's that's the type of fight she makes. So uh, be interesting to see if this has that type of DJ versus Rod Tang type of just you know fun wild element to it. I kind of believe it will, Luke. So. This is, my, this is my fight I'm circling on the card there. But, you know, I'll probably stay around for Mikey Musumechi um, uh, grappling, too. You
0: know, I know that's because that's big in your parts, Luke. You know? Yeah, I mean, also, he's just vastly superior to the guy he's going against. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Gary Tonin taking on Johnny Nunez. Johnny Nunez, I believe that is, that is Misha Tate's partner. I, I believe that's right. Um, I could be mistaken right. about that. Uh, but then... I also want to point out, you had mentioned this on Monday's show, Rod Tang is going to take on a gentleman by the name of uh, Jiduo Yibu out of China. And again, every preview I have read about this is that Rod Tang is going to uh, fucking assassinate this guy. So, some squash matches on here, BC. Definitely some squash matches.
1: It's going to be in Bangkok. Do you think our uh, CBS cohort, Brent Stover, who will be on the call and play-by-play on the uh, one Amazon card, do you think he's just tearing up the nightlife there? You know he's an aspiring country star, Luke. He's an aspiring country star. The dude pl- The dude plays uh, plays bars all the time. Plays guitar and uh, and uh, and the women swoon. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, hot stove. I call him. Would you? Would you go to a Brent Stover show or no?
0: No. No. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I guess. Uh, lastly, that's just that's- to remind everyone, this is how interesting this card is for Friday on Amazon Prime, which will be by the way, main card starts at eight p.m. It has uh, three MMA bouts, three kickboxing bouts, one grappling bout, one Muay Thai bout. Sort of speaks to exactly what one is doing here. It's an MMA promotion in the sense that that's sort of like the anchor programming, but they are much more, I think they should be thought of as a martial arts promoter. They don't promote every martial art, but they promote a lot of, the, basically any combat sport that isn't boxing. They do. Um, and they uh, do with some interesting rule set. Key question here. Let's say, you know, we
1: come around with Chautry. Let's say we have him on and we interview him and we we ask all the hard questions and, you know, we, we, we're we like, hey, you know, that's our guy, Chautry. And then he spins it around and goes, okay, Luke and BC, I see globally the awards you guys are winning. I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? I want you guys to be in season two of uh, One Championship Apprentice Edition. And Luke, you know, it's a commitment. You're going to have to be away from your family in Asia for a while does this offer even get to the marriage table? Does it? Is it even something you talk about? No. Kind <laughs> of a question is that? Oh, all right. Well, it's a big opportunity, Luke. All right. You is know? it? Is that they what they got? That GSP is? last season. Okay. Come on.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a big opportunity.
1: All right. All right. Well, you're like, sorry, sir. I enjoy your fights, but that's where our relationship ends.
0: Yeah, I, by... I definitely think very highly of the one product. But uh, everything else about it, you know, that's what I think. You don't
1: like that extra large championship title? It's the heaviest oh, belt in combat sports. Oh, I do like that. Sports. I do like
0: that. Some people like the smaller, you know, subdued ones. But I've always been the guy with the put the 22-inch rims on the uh, Escalade, right? Yeah. Get the Sprewells. When the car stopped, rims keep spinning. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I know what you're
1: talking about. Remember Sprewell in Game 5 of the 99 finals against the Spurs? Like, they lost, but that guy was hor- it was just heroic in that game. I don't think you remember that, Luke. Heroic, I all right.
0: No, also, nor, do I, care. nor okay. do I care. There you go. All right, go. let's talk a little bit about Jose Aldo. BC, I've got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> um, well, Luke, we'll is start-
1: the bad news? I mean, the bad news depends on what side of the political line you're on, right? I mean, you're framing this as a uh, what? What are you saying? He's Brazil's well, top military. To what are like, you saying? Hey, Luke?
0: you were involved in a welfare fraud scandal. Hard to hard to be like that's good. You could be I like mean, so, it's not bad. I mean, so was good. Brett Favre.
1: Luke, you know what I'm saying? So was Brett Favre, right? All right, let's All talk of about the heroes. good part.
0: Let's talk about the good part first. Expected to make his pro boxing debut on February 10th in Rio. Uh, the event will be held at the Upper Arena Nova União's training center, and usual site for their Chuto Brazil cards that they hold in the city. Chuto Brazil, a very legitimate regional organization, at least has been for some time out of Brazil. Uh, BC and, and level of interest in Jose Aldo boxing fairly. I mean, I, okay. like. Am I
1: overly excited? No, but I do think he's got, you know, a certain le- certain amount left in the tank in an overall combat sports, you know, way of speaking. Um, I guess I would rather this than, you know, him fighting some Jake Paul level guy who's way bigger than him where it could be a problem. Uh, they're probably going to put him in there against modest competition. Let's see what he's got, Luke. Let's see if he's comfortable. Let's see if he can go down this road a little bit. But, uh, I mean, would you say the other half of this equation is a little more troubling?
0: Yeah, I would say my level of interest in him boxing is moderate. Moderate. I mean, I would want to see it. I'm not going to pay a whole bunch of money for it, but I would want to see it, right? Something like that. Um, on the other side, he has made a bunch of weird-ass headlines. Boy, the start to MMA in 2023 is one of the most fucking insane I've ever seen in my life. i got to bring down the, uh, the level of swearing because they pick this up and then they take away our ad money, but I- I'll just put it that- this way. So basically, uh, there was an election in Brazil. The previous president, Jair Bolsonaro, loses. And he had to flee the country on the advice of his lawyers uh, for potential crimes he's being investigated for in related to uh, corruption. Corruption is endemic in Brazil, but certainly he's had his share of it, allegedly, anyway. So guess where Jair Bolsonaro is staying? Oh, that's right. Jose Aldo's Orlando mansion, which, by the way, BC, the news has reported that Bolsonaro is staying in Aldo's mansion. But the mansion was purchased like just a few years ago, not e- not even very long ago. For 745k in Florida, BC, I got to tell you, 745k won't even get you a two bedroom in this city, much less a mansion. Can you really get a mansion for 745k in Orlando, Florida? Do you believe it's a mansion?
1: Yeah, dude, it's Florida. First of all, I mean, look, it Florida. um, You know, no, am I an expert on Florida real estate? No, but my, you know, my parents live there, and and. And um, I know to a certain degree, obviously, beachfront is different. But if you're talking about Orlando, I think it's near Disney World. I mean, there's different levels to to a large home, but that's not, you know, you you even, in, you know, in suburban Connecticut here in some of these snobby towns, dude, 700K gets you a nice ass McMansion up in these parts. A nice one. So, OK, hold no, on. I mean, the production
0: dude, staff. Hold on a second. Hold, sec, hold on a sec. The production staff just wrote to me. You can get a nice house in Orlando for less than a hundred k. Bullshit. I don't believe that at all. My brother used to live there in a down by the le- river. that's well, part of why I'm saying
1: there's levels to this because you know most of Florida away from the ocean, the 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 real estate can be very competitive, Luke, because it's Florida and it some of it is rural Florida and you know some of that extended Orlando area just is you know being pushed out into more you know, forest of trees that are getting knocked down in new ha- oh neighborhoods, so 700k okay, so- out there, dude, I mean, Tiger, that's where Tiger got a got a nine iron through the window, right? I mean, you can Yeah, but I yeah, think you his can mansion nice is like there.
0: tens of millions, something, in, he's got like a complex. Well, that's
1: why I'm saying there's levels to it. For 700k you can get a pretty big ass house, dude, no question about it, so shout out to Jose um, for that, you know? Okay, who he, Mike, look, our, he our, eats our, what he kills, alright? Our
0: intrepid producer in, in Florida, Mikey Morum, says, quote, my boy has a five bed, three bath for 300k in orlando dude five bed three bath where i live is one and a half two million yeah but you that, live a, in a stupid million
1: area million. for housing pricing that's only comparable to like san francisco and manhattan Luke,
0: okay it's, I, I guess my perspective is warped because when i see seven yeah, yeah a little K, bit 745k isn't going to buy you shit around here
1: but you that's more reason why you should be selling Banking and going, Luke. You Bro, know I I, mean?
0: got, I gotta go. I gotta move to outside of Orlando. I could be living like a fucking king out there, dude.
1: A hundred percent, you could. Okay, I'm doing be looking, my stupid life, dude. You could be living great in 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 you know some some rich suburban areas if you wanted to, Luke. Or you could go. You could buy a whole building in Brooklyn, Luke. You could be a hipster.
0: I could. All right, let's get back to the story very quickly, BC. There's not a whole lot to say, but I think the audience should know about it if they don't already. So, number one, there's not a big deal, I suppose, that Bolsonaro is staying with Aldo, other than, you know, Aldo's got retrograde political views is the best way I could put that. But the other thing I would say is that there is at least some speculation among the Brazilian press that this incident that happened at the Brazilian National Congress and Supreme Court, where they had their version of January 6th, that that may have been planned by Bolsonaro in Florida. So it's at least possible that all of this went down in Jose Aldo's house, which is something to consider. But here's the other part, BC. Viviane Pereira Oliveira, which is old Aldo's wife, is allegedly listed as having received emergency funds from a collection of money selected to be awarded to the poorest families in Brazil during the COVID-19 pandemic. Records show that Oliveira received a, a equivalent to $120 bucks monthly between May and October 2020 with two subsequent lower payments the following two months. Aldo's wife wasn't registered as part of the platform for social programs making her ineligible to receive the emergency government handouts uh, and her wife commented on Instagram quote just because we put Bolsonaro in our house the leftists are now snooping <laughs> on our life I have never received or registered for emergency help BC I don't know what who's to say right about this. we'll sort it out on Maury this week
1: Luke. I don't know I mean did if I don't know Pay the $600 back and let's just move on. I don't know, Luke.
0: uh, It's not a a ton of money, and I don't think he needs it, uh, but it is kind of weird that this sort of thing happened. I think the bigger issue for me is it's just like I have seen – how do I say this exactly? Like there's just no denying it. MMA is a very right-wing sport. It just is. Uh, The people in it largely lean to the right. I think that the media does not, but the fans do – uh, I think that the people in charge of it largely do. The fighters clearly are. And the reason you know that's true is it's not just true in the United States. It's quite literally true uh, in Brazil as well. And I'm guessing it's going to be true in a lot of other countries on top of it. So I have seen people try to argue the opposite, that it's like, oh, there's so many different nations that participate. It's got this it's got this kind of progressive worldview. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's the exact opposite. Um, BC, topic that's number funny. four. That's funny Look you framed it that way
1: because before you k- keep going and uh, maybe this is the perfect transition into some Dana white talk but it's like a lot of the negative feedback whenever you give an opinion on something like this Dana white situation comes oh you left this you know oh because of you and I'm like, dude, you don't even know how I vote or what I'm registered to. I don't look at this these debates as political. We look at this Dana White slap situation as a political debate. Like, I I'm, I, I hate that it gets framed like that, because when I look at MMA, I don't look at it from, oh, we have a problem on political beliefs. I look at it from we have an extremist problem that, to me, it isn't necessarily defined by uh, support of any one side of the politics. In, in a lot of ways, it's just, you know, ignoring all politics, which sometimes I do myself, Luke, to, for a certain mental sanity. But um, this is just a a. Sometimes a debate over decency and stuff. In reality, uh, like the I, would, I would
0: agree in general, but I think you can't <clears throat> be I'm not I'm not saying you're naive, but I think we have to be very clear eyed about it. We also live at a time here in the United States. And I'm guessing this is true in Brazil and a lot of other countries as well, where we have layered on because there's some things that used to be like, hey, we can have debates over like how we bu- balance the budget or what defense spending should be. And then there were these very sort of culture war issues that used to be um abortion for example it's by the way still is in many ways but you get the idea like there was sort of a set of core issues that defined the culture war but there was this vast space that really wasn't necessarily part of it and the culture wars have eaten everything everything they have moved into and i think now we live in a world whatever side of the political aisle you find yourself a lot of people have just layered onto identity all of these other things that wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily when we grew up they were not part of the culture wars. That's why if, sometimes we look at it, we're like, how is this a culture war thing? But it has moved in this direction because identity has been layered in so many directions that now it just becomes that, even though it <clears throat> doesn't necessarily need to be that. Way. I'm Larry of anybody who overly aggressively identifies
1: with one side of a political divide. Luke, those are the people that scare me more than the people who don't even know there's a political divide going on. But that's just Would my you let Bolsonaro project.
0: stay in your house. Um,
1: you know, it'd have to be a situational uh, thing, Luke. Do I know him? Has he been nice to me? Did he give me stolen money like the Favres did? Uh You know, but no, I would not. I mean, is this the equivalent, like... If if Trump was run out of this country and like Colby Covington put it up, put him up in his like condo over the border in Mexico or something yes. like is this
0: so, 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 it's roughly equivalent? Yes. Roughly.
1: Okay. Okay. I mean, it's uh, wild, Luke. You can make a movie out of it. Hopefully, Ian Hynish is starring in it because when they make a movie about his life story, Luke called Backzilla, uh, it's going to be great, right?
0: Bro, have you ever heard him talk about his time at Rikers?
1: It's like the most underreported story, and I know a couple of major insane. sites have done. I know a couple of major sites have done the kind of features that give us the knowledge we know up to this point. I want the full movie treatment because it's insanity how he went from that to being like a pretty decent top 20 fighter, you know?
0: I mean, he taught himself Spanish, <clears throat> was a mule for the Colombian drug cartel, lived on the beach and homeless basically in Spain, went to Spanish prison, got, I think, either transferred or tried to come back and got caught again. I can't remember that part, but ended up at fucking Rikers Island. And for folks who don't realize this, Rikers Island is not a place that they send bad people. Rikers, I I mean, some bad people end up there. It's a pre-trial detention center. Folks don't realize that because you hear Rikers and you think about all the times it's been in movies, right? And it's like, oh, that's where they send the worst of the worst. No, dude. Rikers Island is a pre-trial detention center. Meaning, if you can't make bond because you're too fucking broke, they just ship your ass over to Rikers And there's massive overcrowding and there's tons of fucked up people there. And I think he said he was targeted to be attacked like the day he got pulled out of Rikers and sent to wherever he was else in that uh, in that process of getting himself out of the prison system. Like he was this close to having like a life or death encounter in there. It's his story. If you've never read it is bananas, bananas. All right, uh, BC, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this because I think we've kind of litigated this a million different ways. But there is something of an update to the Dana White situation, such as you can call it that. The California Legislative Women's Caucus, so this is a member of people who serve in the California State Assembly, have called for UFC President Dana White to be removed from his position in a letter they wrote to Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel. Quote, this is them saying it. Quote, we write with deep concern about the recent violent video we have seen online from the UFC. Uh, president dana white our caucus which is both bicameral and bipartisan is composed of women across the state of california who are committed to creating better lives for women and girls blah blah blah. given mr white's previous uh, remarks against domestic partner violence we believed that endeavor and the ufc shared this commitment to safety respect and accountability you yourself have written extensively about the need to speak out and act when you see things are not in line with our values which is kind of funny and yet we have seen the video of UFC President Dana White where he strikes his wife in a New Year's Eve celebration with closed fist. Uh, I'm not sure it was closed. Was it closed? That's a little bit debatable. We are we were appalled, it was alarming to say the least. The letter goes on to cite Emmanuel's own words surrounding the need to speak up against domestic violence, highlighting the quote hypocrisy, end quote, that comes from with the Endeavor CEO labeling sense as uh, silence as quote not an option, end quote, but demonstrating the opposite following the altercation between White and his wife. The news about Endeavor is interesting here because they have been massively vocal previously and now they're saying nothing. BC, this is not the same to me. Remember during the COVID thing when they were pushing through the Tachi Palace or whatever it was? Yeah. And they had they had like people in the United States, I think it was Barbara Boxer, um and other folks involved in the United States Congress speaking out and that ended up I think catching Disney's attention. I I'm not. uh, I'm not saying this is utterly insignificant, but I'm not of the belief that this will lead to the power brokers in place kind of putting a lid on Dana. I don't. I don't really buy that. This, yeah, and this is
1: where people are really missing some things out. So I shared this news partially because I was just so happy, surprised that ESPN actually wrote about this and was covering it. And and you know, I had really, to be fair, really been disappointed. And, and their re- overall reaction to this and their communication, their transparency, all that stuff that we talked about. Um, so it's really more about me about like what's fair in terms of like how people respond than it is, is this a reputable organization? Do they have a reputable claim? And can we keep banging the drums to get Dana White fired? No, like that's not what I want. That's not, that's not the end game that I'm fighting for. So when you share it and you get hammered out by people on, you know, all sides of it, it's like, I can't believe we have to come on here one final time and actually define certain things for people that don't get it this this is not about him losing his job or even to my belief losing you know large amounts of money and fines or anything like that regard it's about being transparent stepping up not setting dangerous precedents and it's about what's fair and that's why even comparing fighters to Dana's situations even though Dana's situation has its own level of layers to it it's about the image and the look and when you're the leader of an organization and the consistency and reputation of other partners and how they respond to things from like you mentioned Ari Emanuel of Endeavor going hard after Kyrie in the public and now not mentioning this and the, you know the same accusations we threw at ESPN for most of this season on the coverage of this it's it's frustrating and disappointment and disappointing but it's to me it's not about should Dana come or go i i, I want him to stay but I do want major change to be, you know, and a message to be sent. And the, you know, the deafening silence on that from everybody is, is, I mean, wow. You know, you, it's just, you know, when when you see words in here like hypocrisy, it, uh, I agree with it. And look, you know, on the flip side, people are going to then come back. Well, didn't you guys just call it your fight? It's like, I can't believe we have to continue to, you know, settle the differences between that. You know, we are talking about a uh, president of a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company who has certain precedents set on when people under his flag get in trouble. And now just ignoring this to me is is the real story. Nothing else, you know, nothing else of well, what about his wife? It's like, I can't believe I have to come on here and actually explain that. No, what she did is not right. But this has nothing to do with ma- men's rights, in my opinion, because of how it played out and how damaging that looks, that video um, did she strike first? Yes. So if Dana wanted to press charges, yes. If you wanted to sever the relationship, yes. But his reaction, the severity of it, the multiple fi- follow up shots, the quickness, and that's a, you know that that's the story here. I mean, you know, Ariel said it best. You've said it best a few times, but Dana's not even defending himself. So why is it everybody collectively in the in sort of the combat world that are in the minority on here that are looking at this as no big deal. You know, I just don't understand the overall response. So I thought this was a good thing that people are keeping the topic prescient. But no, I'm not like going to line up with the California Legislative Women's Caucus in in support. Dana must go. But things do need to change from a maturity level and from a corporate level for all of those partners involved in this of, of how you react to you know, very real and very damaging public situations. It's like in that regard, just the the straight up ignoring of it and coming right out with power slap commercials. I mean, I'm, dude, I'm, I, I, I still don't even believe this is real life, Luke. And it's like, okay, well, BC, what do you want Dana to do? Didn't he already come out? He did. He did already come out and, and do what he had to do. But the people around him, whose job is to be just as mature in these, you know, really dark situations, have done nothing. So they all become, you know, looked at like they're in on it. You know, just, we're just going to ignore this. It's not a big deal. No, it actually is a big deal. And, um, you know, the more that you ignore this, it's like you said, should Dana be there? I, I, you know, I think the best thing that should happen for UFC, if they wanted to cover it up, which it seems they want to do is if there was a fight right after that news broke and they had, they were forced to just make a comment about it. You just make a comment about it. We're done talking, right? It's just bizarre to me, Luke, Mm. that, that this is the stance.
0: I mean, I don't have much to add uh, in the sense of what we already said, but I just think pe- folks need to like understand something. This is not a, we're, like the United States is not very good about punishing rich and powerful people. We're not very good about punishing elites. Right. People like like in 2008. I mean, n- none of the bankers went to jail. The Sacklers help unleash this terrible opioid crisis, knowing full well their culpability, and they will largely skate away from this. And I could go on and on and on. We don't, we're not good at punishing elites. We're not good at punishing rich and powerful people, which is kind of funny. It's like Dana very much, you know, and again, BC has not called for his job. I have not called for his job because I'm just, I'm not, I've not been convinced that that is exactly the right answer. All we ever wanted was them to acknowledge it was a problem publicly and say they want to do something about it and and like try to have a reasonable dialogue about it. And they just refuse to do even that. I think that's the part that got us. Not so much that they, need to get rid of dana because by the way there's this bullshit thing going around it's like all the media wants the mma media wants to cancel dana show me make an itemized list of how many people called for his job it's like one or two people and me and bc's name ain't on that fucking list that is a made-up manufactured lie flatly no more no less and for this and for these you know these woke media that,
1: that we get labeled as because we're taking a stance on this or you know whatever that means. It's it's about accountability. We all live in this puddle too of combat sports, which is which can get very grimy at times. And you know, I I don't always love that. There are there are parts in public, you know, polite society when you say, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" You know, it's like I'm a reporter an analyst, and analyst in you know mixed martial arts and boxing. And and it's like, oh, really? Okay, your kids play with my kids? You know, I know that's extreme and that's ridiculous. And f them. And for the most part, I do. But it's it's like. When shit like this just goes unchecked, like, ah, uh, not a big deal. We'll just move on. Yeah, yeah. No, well, no. I'm no, going like, to raise people, my people. I'm going to raise my hand and say, Dana. not they're in my they're... house, not in my, they're... not in this house, not whatever, whatever circle of of leverage or or platform I have. Not in my house. Not cool.
0: Fair enough. And I was just, I'll, I'll finish off on this, and we can move on, which is just that people see themselves in Dana a little bit, like, oh, the guy who was the you know the bellman who made good and got rich, and like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with being uh, motivated or otherwise inspired or having an appreciation for his personal journey as a successful executive. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you have to understand, he's up here now and you're down there. He's not one of you. He's not a guy who's just a regular blue-collar guy. He has friends and he has access to a world that you don't have access to, and he has the ability to have ESPN not weigh in. By the way, I don't think they just decided not to weigh in. I'm sure that there's a back-channel in campaign to make sure that it doesn't happen. By the way, I'm just gonna be very clear about that. That's my personal opinion, but I'm sure that it's happening to make sure Endeavor doesn't say anything to make sure that the people who are his assets and people like Stephen A. Smith totally cover for it and say, it's no big deal, look around. He can do that because he is incredibly rich and powerful. He is now part of a class that all of the rest of us are not a part of. And in the class that he's in, the part of the class that he's in, we don't really, for the most part, we don't really punish people like that, whether you think he should be or he shouldn't be it's almost irrelevant because he's in the space where it doesn't even matter anymore. We don't really bring people like that to account. Hardly at all. It has to be in a, like the most egregious shit ever. And even then it doesn't really work. So this whole idea like, Oh, Dana's one of us, he used to be, he used to be, and there's nothing wrong with his success. But once you get what he's got, He's not one of you anymore. He's a completely different level, and just accept and respect that. And
1: I think because he's the face of the company, there is a responsibility within the company now to try to use this for good, educate the fighters more. I mean, more. You know, there's 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 ways you can go by responding where you can turn this in the long run into something different and how it's remembered. But maybe that's all. You know. Maybe that's all doing a big public song and dance just to look okay, Luke. And maybe that's what they're fighting against. I don't know, dude. It's just been, it's been, it's been rough. It's been rough, dude. You know, and I think there is a difference when, you know, between athletes. Cause if it was an athlete, they'd get hammered. And by the way, you know, every misstep Javante's had, he's facing serious legal issue. And, you know, this most recent situation is hard to compare directly because there were changes in his own story that, that really changed that whole situation. If you're going, you know, apples for apples, it's just, it's disappointing altogether, but um, I hope we learn from this as a sport and as a you know and how we cover it and how
0: we react, but um, maybe not, Luke. Probably not. Probably not. All right. Uh, topic number five. Well, let's do some quick hitters real quickly. So, Mike Jackson, unfortunately for him, has been cut from the UFC. He was released, but he now wants to box Jake Shields. "Quote: My mindset wasn't to beat the f out of Jake Shields. It was to not get punched in the face." Speaking of, of course, their first altercation. He spoke to MMA Fighting. So he's hearing my DMs talking a bunch of S, but then his tune changed and he was like, Do you want me to come to Houston to box? I'll come box you. I haven't responded yet, but that's my new thing. He's gonna come to Houston and we're gonna find somewhere to meet, and I'll beat the F out of him for the S that he did. BC, your level of interest in a Mike Jackson Jake Shields boxing fight in 2023.
1: I mean, it's you know, <laughs> it's low. It's certainly low. This is in the you know, I'll never forget that time on the mass pike, Luke, uh I ninety, when I stopped at the gas station, I was like, Dude, they insert the cheese inside the hot dog before putting it on the griller, like it's pre-inserted with like a you know a needle gun, and it was it was next level, Luke. And and you know I had to try it once, you know, and it, and it probably did irreparable damage because I tried it again and again. Here's
0: the thing: Does Mike Jackson win that one? And everyone's like, "Oh, Jake Shields has terrible hands," and I'm like, "Well, well,
1: there's this there's this mini element of redemption if you believe that Jackson's trash talk online." shouldn't have led to a larger guy pinning him down and be and embarrassing and beating the shit out of him i don't really you know care enough to try to get well, in that it wasn't that much debate. of a beating
0: i mean it was definitely but embarrassing like, but it wasn't much of a beating
1: creatively is this a cool way to to spin it off and do something where they get a decent amount of eyeballs and maybe both, both get paid for this in that regard there's a there could be a happy ending either way that happy ending is going to be gross and disgusting luke so you know that's that's the whole that's the whole correlation between the the pre-inserted cheese on the hot dogs you know in in my senior year high school cafeteria luke they sold pretzels with the cheese uh you know shot in beforehand as well that's
0: fucking gross no
1: those are the those were the uh, also who's eating
0: at their high school cafeteria senior year what kind of a fucking chump are you i loaded Hmm. up
1: on study halls luke so that i could just hang out in the cafeteria and just you know so i went to college my senior year ever tell you this yeah, when you played pickup ball with uh, Bruce Hornsby, is this for no no, 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 no.
0: So my senior year in high school, I went to college. I, I did just a just a few classes at the regular high school, but I spent the majority of my time at the at Kennesaw State University. They let us. Wow. Yeah, dude, so you t- were
1: an achiever, bro. You went ham after this. this so what, shit. I was,
0: what I was going to point out was, I always had lunch off campus because I either can't, I either left before noon or I didn't get there till afternoon on my senior year. Okay, so either so- way.
1: People in my school who had their shit together knew that you could load up on all your credits in the first couple years so that particularly your senior year could be like you coming to school only for like two hours in the morning for your core courses you need and then going off and working. And there were a lot of kids that had shit together and they had their job at the grocery store or whatever and they'd go right from school to there at the halfway mark. I was the lazy, ridiculous opposite who would take the exact minimum amount of credits, load up each day with as many study halls as possible in the cafeteria and, you know, just just basically have a living podcast, Luke. So um, that was how I got here. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Diego Sanchez is going to fight bare knuckle. It's not they've now announced it. I guess the New Mexico Commission is going to allow it. Yikes. At BKFC Knuckle Mania 3, this will be February 17th against Austin, no doubt, Trout. Now, BC, I was looking up his resume yesterday. I don't think he's had a real opponent since what, Terrell Gaucher? It's been a long time. Yeah. 2017-ish, something like that. He's fought a bunch of numbers since then. He's 37, Austin Trout. How, like, is, because when they announced this bout, I was like, this is a terrible fight for Diego and they should not fucking do this. And now I'm like, well, maybe Trout's washed. Like what what what's your sense of that?
1: Well, look, from that perspective, he never had you know, he's never a power puncher. He never hit hard. He was a he was big for the weight class at 154. He was a clever boxer and a southpaw and you know, and I give him a lot of credit. He won a world title, up, upset Miguel Cotto at Madison Square Garden. Got into a monster fight with Canelo and he lost it, but I do think there's there's arguments to be made that he was in that fight and maybe I'm the final truther left who thinks he won that fight. But um, the point is this, he he was, you know, he hit a wall where he was like a, a celebrity gatekeeper at 154. You know, he pushed both Charlo brothers in close fights where he kind of rallied back at the end, but he wasn't going to get above that. And he tried a sort of last ditch attempt to cut down to Welterweight and he was calling out big names. It just never materialized or came together. So, you know, I don't begrudge him to try to make this transition and, use his name and headline and make some bucks. So, you know, is this a long way of saying long winded way of saying, maybe there's less chance Diego Sanchez has like a, a nightmarish, you know, ridiculous, just why did they ever do this situation? Because trout's not a big puncher. Okay. Maybe, but bare knuckle fighting is just different to begin with in terms of how you set up your power shots. And obviously we know how easy you can get carved up and get bloody. Um, I just have a gross, gross ass feeling in my stomach about Diego Sanchez being in this fight. That even doesn't allow me to get excited for Trout to like have one, you know, one final lap in the sunset here, Luke. Um, I don't want to see this at all. I'm sure it's big in New Mexico, but this is it's pretty grimy, pretty gross. Uh,
0: it's pretty grimy, pretty fucking grimy. So I guess we'll see how this goes. Uh, BC, yeah. I can't believe this is news. I don't really want to spend hardly any time talking about this because it's fucking stupid. Aljo, Aljamain Sterling has shut down talk about a UFC 285 return. I guess Henry Cejudo said, well, we're looking, they're looking, uh, the UFC's looking for a March time between him and Aljo. But Aljo was explicit last year, it's going to be till summer, I'm ready. And it turns out he has a uh, not a fully torn, but a partially torn bicep injury. And he's saying, yeah, it's not, is it realistic for me to fight in March? I don't think it really is. This only got to be made news because they just repeated what Cejudo said without it being ever vetted against any other source like are they trying to release this information to pressure Aljo? it's not the guy was explicit i'm not going to be ready till the summer what the fuck is this about i don't even get it
1: yeah i think they were trying to pressure him into to hold in that date, and this was you know i mean so who don't knows how to work the the public's perception through social media much ado about nothing in that regard except for the very real reality that Aljo uh came back and admitted that no i am actually hurt and and uh so here's the deal, like, just like we saw TJ Dillashaw against him, it's like that fight is now, you know, largely meaningless in, the, in, the, in, in hindsight and affected, you know, fighter of the year voting for whatever that's worth. And it's affected a lot of ways we actually look at Aljo, that why doesn't Aljo just wait till he is fully healthy? Luckily, he's a top of the deepest division in the game. Luckily, in my opinion, a Henry Cejudo versus Sean O'Malley interim championship fight is probably bigger then versus Aljo in some ways. So, perfect scenario solved. Do that in the spring. Have Aljo fight the winner for the full championship.
0: Sounds fine by me. It's kind of silly yeah. this is even news. Uh, and then last but not least, Bellator announced yesterday that they have re-signed AJ McKee to an exclusive multi-fight, multi-year contract. BC, I got to say, that's great news for Bellator. Homegrown star, 27 yeah. years old. They're probably going to have him for at least... I'm not sure how long the contract is for, but I'm going to guess at least for a couple more years, bare minimum, maybe three. Uh, which means they're going to have him until basically the point where he's 30. They're going to have him through his team, uh, basically from pro debut all the way to age 30. You know, who, it's hard to keep someone forever under a banner, but they've kept Patricia Pitbull for a long time. And now AJ McKee, one of their brightest stars, homegrown, proof of concept guy. This was a big one that they needed. Wouldn't have been end of the world necessarily if he had gone somewhere else. But here's the kind of interesting part to think about it. It's not just that they resigned him. When you really examine, like, what are the possible fights that are out there for him, they do have some decent options that I think even when he beat producer Pitbull the first time, we didn't necessarily see. They've got Go it ahead. now. I, I like where they're at. Yeah, the announcement also confirmed that he will be a part of the lightweight
1: world grand prix next year. So you're talking about obvious potential for him against the the new champion Usman Magomedov, which is you know on my short list of favorite fights I want to see. There's always at any time he you know him and. Him and Patricio could settle their trilogy, whether it's at featherweight, whether it's at light, whether it's anywhere, to be fair. So yeah, they I feel like they had to get this done, Luke, because there are levels to the idea of, of homegrown guys. And Bellator's, you know, been great from Chandler to the Pitbulls and all that regard, but this is like day one-ish homegrown, like Aaron Pico was, you know, almost to that level in terms of like, you know, AJ's has fought every single time as a professional under this banner. He's made huge vocal promises from the beginning of what he's eventually going to do as a multi-division champion. Let's see him carry that out. And I think opening up the CBS door again, which is going to be February 4th, of course, when it's Ryan Bader and Fedor in a rematch, um, you know, has anyone else under this larger banner, Luke, at Paramount here? I want to see what this does in, in today's, you know, landscape in terms of streaming and numbers and all that. Can this be a big bang? Because AJ McKee's the type of guy that you that you would want, in my opinion, to push toward those masses uh, ahead of some of these big fights here. So I know that simultaneously, Luke, we're hearing multiple reports of Bellator being for sale. We don't have um, you know any inside info on that, but um, interesting season here. But they need this guy. They built him. His you know his dad is part of the larger team. You know in terms of the history here too. So um, good move. Really good move to see because. Dude, he he may come out of that with the championship uh, of this Grand Prix tournament. And just the idea that we're building toward him against the champion at some point is monsters
0: to me. No doubt about it. Uh, All right, folks. Holy Hammer. People, we see you. We hear you. This month, we are working with our favorite show sponsor, Money Lion, the only money app you'll ever need on a brand new segment. They love the combat sports community as much as we do. So we've decided to collaborate and create a new segment called the Money Lion Hammer of the Month. You already know that. Hammer of the Month can be a boxer or an MMA fighter on the rise that's not getting the recognition they deserve. So we plan to highlight our nominees on the show and pick one winner at the end of the month to reward them with an epic hammer trophy that they can show off to their friends and family. When you are watching the fights over the weekend, and remember UFC back on Saturday, one on Friday, let us know which fighters deserve this sweet award. Hop onto your go-to social platform and tell us who you think should be nominated by tagging at Moneylion on Twitter or at Moneylion Inc. on Instagram and just use the hashtag hammer of the month. You can also use Holy Hammer. To learn more, visit MoneyLion.com slash Morning Combat. That's MoneyLion.com slash Morning Combat. Yo, I,
1: I'm still waiting on an update from the folks. Hopefully RJ Capital Stormer can get back to me if we if we physically, if the hammer is in route to Ilya Taporia somewhere, Luke, because he deserves that shit, okay? Grab it, grab it, in you know? España. Grab it by that shaft here and, say, and let's raise it up for you because it's going to be an interesting January. I mean, Royman Villa on the Showtime Boxing uh, pay-per-view main card had a big comeback moment and win against Rashidi Ellis. Let's see what we got this weekend from one championship, from UFC Fight Night, and the return to the Apex to kick off the new year. So uh, be on the lookout at Money Lion on Twitter, at MoneyLionInc on Instagram, as we always say. And let your voice be heard, okay? Vote him in here. Who's who who's jumping through your screen? Who's trying to get your attention? Go to moneyline.com/slash morning
0: combat for more detail. And don't you dare nominate Chuka Zan. Don't do that. No, don't do that at all. Hey babe, he made um, boots look look pedestrian.
1: Ev- well, maybe. Not uh, pedestrian.
0: D- not pedestrian.
1: Yeah, every Wednesday in these parts we open up the emails to you, morningcombat at gmail.com. Mikey com. Mikey on the other end of that hole. Oh, BG, he's waiting. getting a haircut. He's the waiting. Show, by the way, oh, that's great. There goes another hundred bucks. Mikey's no, at the end of that tunnel, bucks, just waiting, waiting for your messages. He's like a quarterback, Luke. When they get up under center, they have to put their hands right under, like the. Now right are the... they
0: under center? Or are they in, are they college style, which is just everyone's in the shotgun?
1: No, no, this is under this is old school under center power eye shit. And I was talking to my cousin Ca- Connor Campbell, Luke, who of course people will remember. You know, he beat Ansonia in his lifetime. So shout out at Nagi High. He was a center. And I said, did the guys legitimately put their hands like in the launching zone, like right in? He's like, oh, right up in there, right up in there, Luke. So shout out to cousin Big Cat there. Uh, it happened. It happened. Um, so Luke, uh, you can send that shit into Mikey, who will be waiting at the end of the birthing canal, and you can send in your. Uh, you know, pictures of yourself wearing our merch and your artwork that'll go on the Paquette's fridge, and we call this shit fan submissions. Thank
0: You've you. You've got mail. Thank you. You, see, you keep cursing, we're going to lose all that ad rev.
1: Yeah, that's true. We've got mail, guys. Viewers, you know that already. Shout out to the few females that, that barnstorm these parts. Shout out to them, all, as always, okay? God bless Especially, them. Especially the divorced ones, Luke, right? The divorced males. <laughs> she cares if don't nobody else care uh, let's go over to Austin he says hey guys finishing up a six month deployment in the sandbox and wanted to reach out and say thank you for giving me some good laughs, laughs over here thank him, baby been a long time listener and wanted to say thanks for keeping my spirits up during the holidays and giving me something to look forward to I've attached a couple pics of me and my MWD tank take care it's Austin
0: that Dude. dog looks incredible.
1: So Mikey Morms, our producer, wants to, if you and I launch a pick segment, Luke, whoever loses has to dress up in that exact suit with this guy, Austin, and uh, get mauled by a dog on camera. You know that? Am I don't mind
0: getting mauled by the dog. Put the, put the picture with the dog doing the mauling back up. Well, look, this guy Austin's thanking us.
1: We should be thanking him, Luke. Right?
0: Yeah, he, he, I, I got. I need to. Uh, he he needs to uh, not thank his barber for giving him the sideburns on this low reg haircut. My my friend, my friend, I appreciate your sacrifice, but that haircut is uh, that's unacceptable. That's a hippie haircut. We don't we don't do that here in the United States military. Need to need to tighten it up, friend. Tighten it up. Oh. The guy getting mauled has a tightened uh, haircut. There, look at that. Lighten
1: up, Francis! Uh, can we go back to the other shot? I want to lighten see him up, with his, Francis, with this uh, beautiful dog. There we go. Thank I gotta you. say oh, that dog, that. I,
0: BC. I gotta say, I, where are you on the dog? Now this is a big version of it, but in general, where are you on the dog handkerchief? Both uh, of my dogs uh, wear handkerchiefs that okay. they
1: get at their groomer, but not that big though. It's more of like a yeah. A, this one's a, a baby this one's bit, almost like a
0: halfway you know? coat, but still, I gotta say the dog. You would agree. Look sharp. That's a sharp-looking perro right there.
1: Now, Luke, he said he's serving in the sandbox. What what do you think that means? Uh, Cutter?
0: Yeah, he's doing some kind of overseas Middle East deployment. um, Is it it
1: classified?
0: Uh, I mean, mean, uh, to some extent, but not necessarily. It could be part of a normal rotation. Okay. All right.
1: I'd like to talk Building Seven with this guy one time, Luke. This guy Austin serving. Yeah, right. he
0: needs to, he needs to stop using a seven uh, blade uh, or a seven uh, guard on his on his <laughs> hair cutting trimmers and get that high and tight fucking tightened up. God damn it! Do you think he would enter that train and the? No, forget. No, that's just that's, On when, when they woke me up and they're like, "Hey, you yeah, want to run a train just, on this person?" I was like, "No, I definitely don't want to do no,
1: that." I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. All right, let's go over to Danny. He says, hola, it's Danny D from Texas." No, I didn't poop on Pelosi's desk on January 6th, but I did welcome a new baby boy on December 28th. Please give a warm hey. welcome to the newest addition to the MK family, Luke Brian Davis. Just, just just, kidding. I would never name my child after two washed POSs like yourself. Uh, funny story, though. My wife got the Morning Hub t-shirt for Christmas, got me that shirt, to wear out for a hospital stay. Um it was freezing in the hospital, so I went with the white MK hoodie instead. But you can be bet your sweet ass in black liver I'm repping the hub underneath. And last thing is I'm making my predictions for the January and February winners for the Hammer of the Month. January will be Jailton Almeida, and February will be Jack Della Maddalena. Keep wow. up the award-winning show. Wow. Look at Danny shooting his shot here, Luke. First, first he procreates, so you get... You still got it. They still
0: shoot still shooting hammers, right, Luke? Yep. Zippy condoms for for old Danny.
1: Yeah. Speaking of hammer of the month, this guy, I mean, successfully, you know, he got there, Luke. Okay. He so He's
0: just out there just Herschel Walkering the whole land. As they would say in
1: boxing Twitter, congrats on the sex. All right, there you go, right there. Uh, well done. Let's go. Thanks, Danny. Let's go to Saul, the real Saul. Luke, greetings from Cancun. My wife Sarah and I stayed at an adult only all-inclusive, topless resort. What? 11 a.m. struck, and my natural instincts kicked in and started watching Wednesday's episode at the damn pool.
0: look at at the vape in his hand. My man's just getting high as balls out there.
1: (laughs) Rented a janky-ass golf cart on an island, and the last night the margaritas finally got to me. I had to wear shades to breakfast the next morning. Uh... It's MK Global Domination. Yo, Saul's taking us on the road, Luke, to Cancun, right?
0: Yeah, but yes. like like I'm doing. I'm gonna do like Kevin Garnett in the famous Nike ad. What's up with the shirt? Like, where's all the topless women at? I don't see. Yeah, I women. know. If,
1: you, if you're promising us a, a week spent on a topless beach, aren't you required to show that, Luke?
0: I think that's the law. I think he's breaking the law by not doing that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've watched enough Shannon Tweed films on Cinemax to know Luke that he's in fact breaking the law. Okay, thank you very much. Hey, shout out to Night Eyes. What a trilogy with Andrew Stevens! That that franchise was fantastic.
0: I, lo- I just right, love how he's holding the phone with MK on it, and he's got a, like a marijuana vape just sitting in his hand there. What an uh, absolute PO. That's our guy Saul.
1: That. Look at that guy. I mean, one of our one of and our. By the originals. way, she oh, doesn't geez. look sober
0: either. Just being honest about it, she looks. No. you know, like she's had a few puffs on that thing. Oh, what are you talking about the vape? What are, are we going with this? Okay, yeah, the
1: vape. The, don't don't demonetize us here, Luke. Don't okay? no, talk about the
0: vape. I'm talking about the vape. The vape.
1: Hey, let's get wholesome. It's Jay Paquette. You know that guy, Mount Unike. Nova Scotia, which apparently is not an island. Apparently, Luke. Uh, good day, MK Nation. For those who didn't stay up or late or missed it, here's some highlights from Luke and BC's Davis versus Garcia instant reaction show, <laughs> live from the Showtime's Condor Nest. Luke and BC, please comment. Love you guys. Keep up the amazing, award-winning show. Super fan for life. It's JP. Oh,
0: dude! So this is so funny. So this is the truth. What does it say? Ben has been you a hundred times. This is the highest I've (laughs) I've ever been. Now I'm sober. (laughs) Okay. Look, BC. Look, they put binoculars in my right hand. How great is that? Oh, that is fucking. So okay. So so we get there. So BC. So this is this is how my Saturday went. So I get a text from BC when I'm on the way to the Cap One Arena and he's like dude you're not going to believe these seats. They're like they're like it they cuz they couldn't be any higher. We're literally with yes. the birds. And I was I like there. you remember
1: I was like you remember Owen Hart it was that bad. It was that yeah. bad. Luke.
0: And I was, and I got there and literally I mean I'm not doing a bit like I've been I've been to this venue I'm not even joking A 100 times or whatever is what I said. It's the worst seat I'd ever had cuz they put us in the bleach. So the showtime producers were like listen, for the prelims show, please don't say anything about the the position we said fine no problem We're like on the mk post fight show you can say whatever you want and so we did and i joked that uh i wanted to thank showtime for giving us the binocular so we could watch the fight in this condor's nest <laughs> dude jp's on top of that shit man <laughs> and this is the this is the photoshop that they can. that i gotta tell you that's a winter chicken dinner right there yeah, yeah. That's a this win- kind of- oh, hold on, I didn't, I didn't read the bottom left. Notice we don't have an elevator to the floor you're going to. <laughs> Just get climbing like a pos,
1: <laughs> dude. Uh, J. Paquette and and uh, the boss lady Dawn they will be in attendance February 8th at King's Place. So hopefully uh, Donks can unite Luke and some of that. They can share some of that North American love with uh with the UK plus. But well done, JP. This is why you are the co Donk. I got t- this is the, when they when,
0: when they roast us on this show like this, this might be my favorite part of the show. I'm not even doing a bit. I love I love really good roasts. Like just people being insulting and mean is not great. People being insulting and funny is always a hit. Always a hit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. That's what comedy's based on, Luke. Just making fun of people you care about, right? I guess so. I guess so. People people make Reddit pages about that shit. Maybe that's extreme though maybe
0: not always love <laughs> it's not yeah. always love in those things uh yeah um, it can Dang- be uh, a
1: little bit darker hey, danger mouse is here and you know i do i do owe him a continue like you know they say you can't say happy new year after january 7th how much more do i have to apologize to danger mouse luke for him
0: not making the top five i i i feel like you you here's the funny part about it too because that was more your baby than mine like the donk of the year thing and you're usually really in touch with what the online fans want well you whiffed on that one i mean i, I admit i whiffed but i didn't do the due diligence you did well you i got due you diligence. know
1: diligence somebody made a big strong case for LNW, and w and i and i did i did take a closer look and i was like oh that guy did that too and that and that but yeah. danger mouse is is always there luke he's like cal ripkin Always shows up, you know what I mean? And then maybe he had a relationship with Brady Anderson. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, But that's what what Danger Mouse does. So he says, hi BC, I'm back in a better mood this week after the support I received from Appy and JP over the Donk of the Year Award. To celebrate that, I've made wishes come true. More on that later. First up, the Donks Revolt. So BC criticizing me for not putting work in at the end of the year, A. Hating on the only P1 Donk who sent you Christmas cards. Oh dude, that was him? Oh, and that talk about discussing who was Donk of the year? Well, my inside source says the decision was all yours. So it's first; it's time to resolve this. The next submission is in four parts, with a little clip at the end. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. All right, look what do we got here.
0: I don't know. Let's. This one's okay. I've, they're stomping on you. The okay. Next one. No. Jesus Christ. No
1: Donk that. of the year for Danger Mouse, and then well, we'll uh, see about
0: that Campbell. Yeah, Time to call in a favor. William, it's DM. He wants that washed MMA guy, BC, arrested for crimes against the Donk Nation. He your went majesty, to the king. Yeah, yeah, that's the king. Your majesty, no one ever heard of him. Front seats for the coronation, consider it done. The Campbell residents, their the SWAT team. <laughs> Undisco- undisclosed black site in North America, they're taking your dumbass. So you two are here pro- uh, protesting about the injustice done to Danger Mouse in the DOTY competition. You were big fans then. <laughs> How did that start? I can't even read this. This goes on forever. This is the worst joke. <laughs> wow. Wow. The Luke,
1: Luke only can take so much, and then he then he ejects. There you go. There you go, Danger Mouse. But uh, uh, then there's a video I'm supposed to watch, too, I think, right?
0: Whenever BC does a Luke interview with an attractive female.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can you go back to the one before again? I want to read that.
0: Oh, a live interview. Mr. Campbell, do you recognize this art? Is this not, in fact, the design that gave MK its most successful merchandise? Duke of Doncton. Mr. Campbell, did you not use this fine, complimentary piece of art to advertise your very first personal live chat show? Oh, shit. And they're making fun of our advertisers. True or false, Danger Mouse has consistently and fearlessly provided humorous submissions for over six months. Oh, that's a fair point yeah Luke's yeah. like reacts to the news of his two podcasting awards. oh this ought to be funny was <laughs> <laughs> a flat line
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right dude this is well done by Danger Mouse oh, and uh, uh yes I, I I dropped the ball you had I didn't realize so he was the one do you remember our live show that we got drunk at in Jersey City the first year and we got a Christmas yes. card that we read yes. yes dude that was Danger Mouse. Holy shit. Okay, oh, so now we got one
0: more with audio. There's one more with audio. All right, let,
1: let's listen to it. I got it wrong. All right? Danger Mouse for life.
0: All right. Okay, I, I, mean, I got to tell you, that was pieced together very poorly. A little bit of... Uh, didn't Danger quite Mouse translate. has a...
1: P.S. So, BC, it's pretty obvious that you made a terrible mistake in not nominating me. The rest of your decision was fine, though. I'm happy with JP and Appy sharing second place. It seems fair. Just do the right thing, BC. Announce me as the donk of the year for 2022. Search your feelings, Brian. You know it to be true. Um, I will not turn Sith. I don't believe you can resurrect Padme Amidala. So, no. There you go. All right. Um... We got one more. Hey, remember Alan W.? He knocked Danger Mouse out of our good graces, Luke. Uh, this one is for Brian. He says, oh, what a rush. Okay, that's pretty well done. Okay, road who, who are these
0: are the, uh, what are they called, the Road Warriors?
1: Yeah, the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. That's pretty badass.
0: Which one am I? Am I Hawk or Animal? You're Hawk.
1: You're the crazier one. Yeah, I'm James Laurinaitis, Animal. You know, his son was a linebacker in the NFL. You remember that,
0: right? These guys look like uh, they play in the band Guar. That's also true.
1: Uh, one more photo from Alan W. I felt a similar heavy blunt force trauma of artsy psychosis a decade ago with the cultural phenomenon that was gan- <laughs> wampum gongum style performed by South Korean artist PSY. Uh, PSY, PSY or psi, PSY. Or psi? Psi. Yeah. PSY, sorry about that. That's Psy the Gangnam
0: style guy.
1: Is for sure BC's spirit animal. He exudes a type of energy that is both asinine and hypnotic. Here is the debut of Bry, B-R-Y, with Noggy Style. (laughs) (laughs) Noggy is a nickname for BC's hometown of Naugatuck, and while Gangnam Style is actually a commentary on pretension of the upper class, Noggy Style is a commentary on the pretension of being factory town tough. Uh, Luke, is that Valentina and uh, Joanna there? Yes, I guess it is. Uh, Yep, seems that way opa Noggy style yeah hey sexy lady yeah it's
0: pretty good it's pretty good
1: l and w chiming in uh morning at gmail.com well done today guys in general well done. well done
0: all right uh all right reminder to everyone um friday show we'll do some picks we'll have some fun there's friday night mma friday night mma how great yeah. is that and then saturday night mma as well by the way we never talked about this did you see that it's not this weekend obviously but i think it's the subsequent one or pretty soon the Derek Lewis Sergey Spivek fight, which was supposed to take place in 2022, and then Derek Lewis got sick the day of, and then or we got medically not cleared and then uh they rebooked it. That's gonna have a 1 a.m. main card start time from the Apex. Did you realize that? One AM? Yes. It starts in Vegas at 10 PM. I think they're doing it for Asian audiences. They're got a bunch of Asian fighters on the card. Um, but the main card starts at 1 a.m. eastern i'm not doing a bit or can fans and media be in attendance or did at zuck reserve the uh,
1: space or did zuck again?
0: just show up and like just you know <laughs> just do that in everyone's face um yeah i don't know i don't know
1: all right well um I think that's it, Luke. What a we what an it. efficient show we gave these these folks today. Oh, uh, dude, did you see the the Lee family wants to close the gym in Hawaii after the death of their daughter Victoria? Not wants
0: to? They've announced that they have.
1: It, yeah, that's sad, man. That's uh, you know we don't know like, not that the details would change this at all. It's like, but I you know I am. Curious to what happened, but it's just such a sad story altogether, Luke. You know, maybe we don't need to know.
0: It's Terrible, yeah. I'm not sure exactly yeah. what to say about it at the present moment because we don't we don't really know a whole lot other than she was very young, and it seems like it came out of nowhere, as most young deaths do. Um, but um, awful, awful. Yeah, you, you can be you-, you can be riding high, dude. Life is. Um, I really don't care how rich you are or how successful you are, in some cases even how poor you are. I guess it all, dude. Life is. It's so hard to to do well in life, like consistently. It's so hard. It's not easy. It's not easy. And by virtue of both your own actions and then the things around you that can just completely break and fall apart, uh, it's hard, man. It's really hard. It Most is. people our age kind of understand that, but like at 20, it's hard to appreciate. Life will fuck you up. Um, it's tough. So There you go. All right. Well, well fun on that
1: note. On that, on that note, good luck to everybody out there. alright right. right. You know, uh, we're gonna do reminder, great. Podcast yeah, Live. All right, yeah. come, come
0: see us, Feb 8th, in London, England. This is I'm talking to grand opening, grand closing. This is it. Come see us. We are we do have guests. We're gonna announce them soon. I'm not sure what the whole yeah,
1: thing is. Yeah, we have we have already we're starting to lock up some 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 famous some famous names, Luke. Let's see how it ends out in the end. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um Okay. What can the people expect? They can expect us, they can expect fun. Okay, maybe some bad jokes because I, I, you know, my, my, my tight five, Luke. I mean, how tight is it really, right?
0: It's not very. Also, calling Ireland UK plus is really. You're gonna have something to answer for. I'll time. see
1: what the crowd thinks about that idea. I got a whole full fledged idea on how we can do All this right. moving forward.
0: This, but you this, can come yeah. see us there. Of course, uh, you can get Showtime.com. You can get, or sorry, you can get Showtime. You can go to Showtime.com. Pardon me to get 30 days free. Also, the $3.99 a month for the first six months, pretty great deal. So go check that out, morningcombat.store for the merch. We have a very active merch site with some pretty cool stuff on there. The bomber jackets are always a winner, uh, but we have a whole lot more beyond that. Uh, BC, we'll see them on Friday. Um, I'm, I'm supposed to have an interview with AJ McKee today. We'll see how that goes, knock on wood. And we'll If get you that could up go up
1: back, Luke, possible. and I look forward to your interview with AJ McKee, if you could go back and do it all over again, would you not go the Mathlete, debate team, leave my senior year to take college credits route and instead go the the meathead, I'll be a backup offensive lineman on the football team, I'll be on the swim team, whatever. Just just go after that side of it, Luke. If you could no. do it all over again, would you be would you be dumber and um and more no. aggressive and end up on the steps a year ago or a few years ago? The or tr- no.
0: The truth is like the very rough accepting of all challenge, nothing gets in my way, kind of meatheaded worldview, there is actually a little bit of value to it that I think People who don't ever experience that don't fully appreciate. It can both propel you to great heights and also provide great entertainment and joy. Um, But in general, as a lifestyle, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. And uh, no, I I would lean into it even further, what I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I wouldn't end up here. I would have done something else with my life. I probably should have gone to law school.
1: I don't think you're living out a disappointment, Luke.
0: I don't think you are. No, 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 no. I'm not, but... I didn't fully realize who I was until much later in life. And um, I wish I had better knowledge of that early, I think.
1: It's all part of the discovery in the process. It comes at different times, Luke, you know?
0: What about you? Would you have tried a little bit harder to not be a complete waste of space? Yeah, I
1: could have been a straight A student. I should have been Luke, and I should have gone to a big college, and you know, probably cleaned up in my after hours instead. Luke, you know, I went the other way, you know. And here we are, all right. But no, I, you know, what I, in hindsight, yeah, dude, I would, I would tell you what, I would have, uh, I would have participated more. I would have joined more teams. I would have, yeah. you know, I would have taken more chances in life. You know what I'm saying? You
0: know what the problem too for me was, man, was that the reason I retreated into books is because, uh, well, partly my brother let, like, led by example. But the other one was I moved around so much as a kid. I was always the new kid. Yeah. And you know, it's just hard to constantly be the new kid. So it's just easier to retreat into your books. But I still didn't quite I wasn't quite disciplined enough. I would have been I would like to have been more disciplined, but yeah, who
1: cares? I was a big choose your own adventure fan for books, Luke. Those were the best, right? I mean it was great, right? You know, it could it could be a different ending this time. It's it's up to me. It could be a
0: very different ending. All right, with that in mind, that is it for us. So with For Malka, CBS Sports, Showtime, and uh, everyone in between. That's Brian Campbell. I'm Luke Thomas. We'll talk to you guys on Friday. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal.